Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to the last episode of season one of the podcast in my head. I am your host, Jade the D. And to celebrate making it this far, we're going to skip our breathing this time. What? Oh my gosh. Are you sure that we can go a week without breathing? I believe in you guys, okay? Even if you don't believe in yourself. Yes, it's true. I care about you. And by you, I mean really just myself. Because I'm a selfish ass. And that's just what I do. Oh, guys, we've made it so far. It seems like it was only three months ago when I started being the devil on your shoulder. Well, I guess both shoulders, you know, because you're hearing it in both ears, not just one. I guess that never really made sense to me now that I think about it. I like I guess I get the comparison, you know, you're supposed to have the, you know, devil and the angel and you know, one's the one, one's in the other. But even if you know n- never mind. I'm reading too deep into that one. Oh people, people, tell me what has been going on since the last time we've spoken to each other. Cause my week has been eh, pretty interesting. I suppose. I, um, so my job allows me to, uh, I'm off on the weekends, which I have got to admit, I haven't been that level, or I guess this level of happy schedule wise since I was in high school. It is amazing. I get to get shit done when it's the most fun to get it done. Uh, though I will admit that I kind of miss the grocery stores being empty when I go to them because that was really nice when I had to go, you know, like on a random like Tuesday afternoon to the store because that was when I was off for some weird reason. Yeah. And now that I really think about it, I guess it kind of sucks being off on the weekend because a lot of people are. So that's when everybody's going to be out. But you know what? Let me just pretend, okay? Let me just pretend that I have it better than the rest of you. All right? Because it really gets me through my week to know that there are people worse off than I am. But I digress. So I woke up on a nice crisp Sunday morning and said, as I'm stretching, I want to go to Walmart. So hop in the car, skirt, skirt, go over to the Walmart. And uh, I figured, you know what? Before I go there, let me stop at McDonald's real quick, okay? Now, I know. I know. Someone's going to say, you know, you really talk about eating McDonald's a lot. You know that that's really bad for you, right? Yes. Yes, I know. But I don't get the food that often. Uh, I really just go to get the iced coffees because they're a dollar right now. And it's also a little bit of a thrill because it's a real 50-50 shot of if you're going to get a good one or not. When they're good, they're really good. But believe me, when they are not, they... Imagine if you were to take donkey shit and make tea out of it, okay? Not coffee, but make tea out of it, all right? Because in my head, for now, that comparison makes it sound even worse. It's horrible, okay? But when you get those gems, oh, oh, can't be beaten. So 
I go, hop in the drive-thru. Whoa, I see that the drive-thru is lit. And I'm like, well, I'm just getting a nice coffee. It takes like two minutes to make. I'll just run in. So I go in and I notice that, of course, they're quite busy because, you know, the drive-thru is busy. So I'm going in and this lady, I see her, I actually hear her screech into the parking lot and then she comes in and she's holding a bag in her hand. Anyone who has ever worked food service or really retail in general can go uh, knows a fuck up when they see one. So the lady walks in, she talks to one of the girls behind the counter. You know, my they gave me this and this. This is what I ordered. So she's going back, and uh, she's telling whoever is back there, like, "Hey, we need to get this thing made. We gave it to the wrong person." And from the back. I hear the voice of a person who I can only describe them as sounding like uh, Miss Trunchbull from Matilda yelling, I told you to make sure that went to the right person. And I'm standing up front going, damn, I don't even work for this person. And she already got me wanting to throw down. Oh, man. Terrible. I can't imagine. Those poor, poor people. And then, like, throughout the the rest of the time, now, I will admit, okay, they were really busy, and there were people making mistakes. But there's no reason to yell at your employees. Like, that's just not, I don't know, that's just not something that that I think you should be saying to your employees. I don't see how that really is conducive to the task at hand. It really just makes you feel better. And then... She was saying more stuff throughout it. She said something along the lines of, uh, she was like, she was like, Jasmine, what is Jasmine doing? Okay, well, she needs to be on the headset helping them, okay? And it, it's, <laughs> oh, excuse me. Oh, goodness. Oh, am I getting COVID? Jeez. Oh, at this, at this point, I think I might welcome it. No, let me not say that. Because now I'm a test positive for it. Damn it. And even just saying it until my microphone is going to put me on some watch list. So great, guys. You know, it was a nice run. Now we get snuffed out by the government to some CIA black site. Whatever. So, in any event. At this point, it's been like 10 minutes and no one's taken my order. And I know a lot of people who would have left after like two minutes or would have just said something. But I said, you know what? As somebody who has worked retail and in food service, I can be a bit more patient than the average person when it comes to uh, stuff like that, okay? So, they finally get this lady her right order. She stomps out. Oh, my God, that's a fucking ridiculous. Yeah, whatever. I finally order my iced coffee. Because that's the other thing. I'm like, you know, as soon as you leave, Cause that's what happens every time, right? As soon as you decide, okay, you know what? I don't want to wait anymore. I, I want to leave this place. Then boom, you're gonna have been up. And plus, I didn't really have anything better to do. You know, just going to Walmart. Like, ooh, I would honestly argue that getting a nice coffee is actually more important than going to Walmart. So, uh, I finally order it. It's another like maybe five to seven minutes before I finally get my iced coffee and I leave, sit in my car and take a sip. Ah, see, 
it was worth that win after all. <sighs> oh, oh man. I'll tell, you the, I'll tell you what, though. It actually feels good because I wasn't going to McDonald's for like a while, all right, because they got rid of the damn steak bagel. Oh, a travesty for the American population. Oh, my God. I think I'm tearing up. Okay. I need my steak bagels, okay? I fucks with those steak bagels, all right? But now they're back. And I just, I just almost blew a gasket when I heard that they were serving steak bagels again. And oh my goodness! Oh, they're so good. Jeez, I don't know whose idea it was to come up with that blend of eleven herbs and spices or whatever that is on the steak bagel, but jeez, it is so fucking good. Ah. Oh. And then you get that sweet and the salty going on. You just feel your stomach expanding as the calories pile on. But it's a worthwhile death, okay? As the samurai would say. <laughs> Ooh, you know, I really had to. I was, I was racking my brain thinking, am I going to do something special for the last episode of season one? And I thought. Yeah, let me do that. And then in typic, typical ADHD fashion, I completely dropped the ball on it. It had nothing planned. So I thought while we were on the topic of McDonald's and horrible bosses, I could tell you guys about some bosses that I've had, okay? Now, granted, not all of them are going to be interesting, but that just sucks. You're going to have to listen to it anyway. All right. Now, I've been working for nine years of my life. <clears throat> okay. I didn't start work until I was in college because uh, my mother was insistent that I not have a job to distract me from my schoolwork, which I never did anyway because I liked to. What was I doing then? Um, pretty much playing League of Legends for 13 hours out of the day. Uh, but that was only because, and only 13, because I was restricted by how much I was allowed to play, all right? I'm pretty sure I would have actually played all through the day if I was able to, in any event, okay? So my first job was at my college, okay? I went to um, a local college back when I lived in Montgomery County, and um, I worked at the bookstore, and there were were there interesting characters? Ooh, I think I I think I already may have talked about this. See, like I, like I was telling you guys with that with recording those episodes and then they're getting lost. It's really hard to remember what I talked about. See, let me think. Let me think. I know that I've talked about my past jobs before. Pretty sure I have, but I don't think I ever talked about my bosses specifically. All right, whatever. We're gonna we're gonna go ahead. So the first job that I worked, as I may have told you all before, was, uh, well, like I said, it was at the bookstore. <laughs> and my boss was this big, angry German guy. And I mean big. And that's saying something. Because I'm 6'6", six, six, like 3'10", okay? And I had to look up at this big bitch, all right? And uh, his, uh, <laughs> I remember going, um, hi, I'm looking for the manager here. And... He goes, yes, I'm the manager. 
How can I help you? <laughs> I had to fight back a giggle. I'm not going to lie. I just wasn't expecting it. Okay. And neither the tone of his voice or the stench of his breath. It, it, it's, <laughs> there was a bit on, I think it was Family Guy that they did with like Ella DeGeneres' breath. And she's like talking to the, talking to like somebody and it just shows it's like fish just coming out of her mouth and stuff. You know, now that I think about it, I think that was a joke. Wow. I really just got that. And I saw that episode when it aired. Wow. Okay. But you guys get what I'm saying. Okay. His breath fucking stank. Okay. And oh man, see, I was real ignorant on my first job. It was pretty much, Hey, I want to work here. And he said, okay, when can you start? And, you know, it was kind of just like that. So he was really screwing us over. I remember going home and telling my mother, I was like, yeah, um, just kind of telling her, like, matter of factly, I'm like, yeah, he uh, I worked like too many hours this week. So he just moved the extra ones into like next week. And that way it just fills out the next week, too. And she's like, uh, that's illegal. He's supposed to be paying you overtime for that. And I'm like, oh. Like, like, I had no idea, okay? But thankfully, I only ended up working there for, like, two months because we went a month of working and did not see a paycheck. That dude was screwing us over hard, and he was working us crazy hours. Like, I remember I had a class from, like, 5 in the morning till, like, 6.30, and then I would work at the bookstore from seven until five in the afternoon. And then I had another class from 6.30 to 9.10. Now that was only on Wednesdays, okay? And it was horrible. I remember like just, not even so much the working itself, but the fact that, oh, no, no, I'm gonna blame it on the working. But just, I remember pretty much going home every Wednesday ready to quit all of it. Oh, but whatever. That's not what I'm talking about. Big angry German guy, right? So there was him and there was this short, um, like Filipino guy whose name I don't remember, but he was the one that I told you guys whose office was like near the like shipping, like the, like the, uh, what do I call them? The loading dock. And I had to, that's where you had to pick up your orders from. And I had to take that woman back there and she got all nervous. Oh, <laughs> not laughing at her uh at her um unease in the situation but like looking back on it in hindsight of like at first i didn't really get it of like what she was upset for and then when i thought about it of like oh crap i just it went re- way over my head so <clears throat> oh geez sorry so uh but besides the fact that he was big and angry and then i mentioned that he was german and uh, so I guess I didn't really need to add the angry part then. Um, and uh, being an asshole scam artist, um, well, not scam artist, but y'all know what I'm saying, okay? Jeez, sticklers. Um, he was actually okay. He was actually okay, but I'm pretty sure that he was racist too. Because I remember like the, the store had a policy that large bags had to be left at the door, but I noticed that he never asked any white people to leave their bags at the door, but he would regularly tell us to tell 
other people of color to leave theirs at the door. I also specifically remember a time that there were these three black guys in our store and he told me to follow them. He just said, hey, watch them. And I'm like, no, why? <laughs> like he, he never told me to watch anybody else. I never saw him watch anybody else. I, I, I don't know. But I digress. Moving on. All right. So then my next job was at the Green Turtle. Okay. And there I had really three bosses. Okay. I had this, I had this older lady that looked like uh, Dolly Parton if she was flat chested. And she was the one who interviewed me. Uh, and she was the one who hired me. And she was pretty cool. And then there were the two guys that were under her. So one guy looked like George Lopez. Okay. And ironically, I think his name was George. George, that's his name? Maybe, I don't know, something like that. And then the other manager, whose name I cannot remember, but he looked like, do you guys remember that episode of Courage the Cowardly Dog when Eustace wanted to get a good burger and he went to that, like, you know, that uh, that diner and it was that pig? Yeah, that's what he looked like. And uh, he was terrible. So what the pig would do is he would say, okay, so I want to explain this for people who've never been a server before, all right? So when you work on your shift, okay, you have your other coworkers with you. So what they what they would do is towards the end of the night, as it slows down, they would start what's called cutting people, okay? And that's just literally, hey, we're slowing down. You can clean up your section and you can go home, okay? So what he would do every night that he was working is he would come in and be like, nobody's getting cut tonight, which most, about half of us, myself included, didn't really want to work and were lazy. So whenever he said, you know, so whenever people could get cut, we always tried to. And he's like, I ain't cutting nobody. Even though it wasn't really up to, well, then it wasn't up to him, but like, it was essentially, we would decide beforehand who who was going to go home first, right? But he would have to say, I ain't cutting nobody. And then we'd be like, oh, okay. And then he would just have us just like standing there. Or he would just come back 20 minutes later and be like, okay, I want to cut people. And then it, it was just, he was just weird. Like he was a nice guy. He was just really, really annoying. And then the uh, George Lopez guy was the one who fired me. So he was the one that I told you guys was like, uh, if he didn't hit you or call you a racial slur, then I can't back you up. Yeah, and it was George. Fucker. Uh, uh, and then he said, did he punch you in the face? Well, no. Did he call you a nigga? Well, no. Well, then I can't back you up, okay? And I know all the people are... Co- I, well, actually, I'm going to just say everybody. I know people are like, wait, whoa, did he really say that? Did he really say the N-word? Yeah, yeah, he did. And uh, honestly, I didn't care then and I don't care now because of the context. You know, that's important. Okay. Context is important. All right. He could have worded it better. Don't get me wrong. Definitely could have said it better. But just saying the word by itself does not automatically make you a racist. Okay. Context, people. It's relevant. All right. Then we move on to when I work at when I worked at Denny's and Wow. Talk about a crap management team. I had a dude, he, <laughs> so when I first started, I was training with this girl, 
Oh, I remember her. Oh, man. I remember every time she was hot. Every time she would uh, be like, all right, we're going to go back into the cooler to grab these things off of the shelves. I was, I would think in my, you know, boyish brain thinking like, damn, sure hope she'll let me bang her in this cooler one day. No, it never happened. She had a boyfriend anyway. And uh, also, no. <laughs> but uh, unfortunately, she wasn't my manager, but she was pretty cool. However, the people that were... So, oh, damn, I'm all over the place. So what happened was my first day of training, I had no idea that I was supposed to clock in. So she said, oh, we'll just let them know that you work, eh, let's see, six hours. And he'll put you down for it. So I went over to the guy and I said, hey, um, I forgot that I needed to punch in. Like, I didn't know. So she just wanted me to let you know that I worked uh, these hours. And he said, what? You didn't punch in? Wow. Thanks for the free labor. And then I just went like, <laughs> and then he just went, all right, bye. And I, and I seriously did not get paid for those. So that was something. And then <laughs> the coolest guy there was this big, like, Italian guy. He looked just like one of those um, eyes wide shut armchair dudes from like The Godfather. And I remember the coolest. So the coolest thing about that was our district manager. Okay, our district manager was this in the one of the most intimidating looking men. Like when when it came down to business, he walked in. He would snap his fingers, say, "You need to do this and you need to do that," and people fucking did it. This dude was terrifying, but he also uh was a huge perv and hit on every woman that was there in fact the only reason why i even got the job there was because he would hit on my mom whenever we would be uh going into there hold on guys I gotta plug my laptop in oh oh so anyway anyway um, hold on. Oh, take a seat here. So anyway, um, but he, uh, the district manager, the scary one, there was a plaque over above uh, one of the walls like behind the counter. And it said, if you have any issues with your, you know, service or anything, call this number. And I remember this woman had ordered a, uh, her, her food was wrong. And she was talking to the big Italian guy, right? Let's call him Tony, because I don't remember what his name was, but he looked like a Tony. And I remember she was flipping off on Tony and she was demanding her money back. And he was, he looked her straight in the face and was like, no, I'm not giving you your money back. And she was yelling and yelling and yelling. And he was just looking smug as a bug in a rug. And he's like, no, I'm not giving you your money back. So the woman glances up and she sees the plaque and she goes, you know what? I think I'm just going to call this number. And this dude instantly started sweating. And he said, did you say that you wanted your money back, ma'am? You know what? Let me do. Let me just get that taken care of for you. And you know what? How about you take this slice of apple pie on me for your inconvenience? And the lady went, well, shit. All right, cool. And then she walked out of the door. And I'm pretty sure that she still called that number because like 10 minutes later, uh, we got a call and it was for him. 
I wasn't the one to pick that up, so I don't know if it was the district manager or not, but he was in the office for like 10 minutes. And then when he came out of the office, he was even sweatier than he was before, uh, when that woman said she was going to call the district manager. So that was absolute gold. Um, all the other managers I had were uh, were like fellow servers that got promoted because no one ever stayed a manager there for longer than like a month, maybe two. So like my managers were my were my classmates pretty much. Well, my upperclassmen. No, no, there were people that I went to high school with, but were my upperclassmen. Yes, yeah, that's right. So that was a terrible job. So glad that I got out of there when I did. And then after that was when I worked at the Silver Diner. And that honestly had the, was the coolest management team. I pretty much liked everyone who was a, a manager there. I'm trying to think, yeah, I liked them all. Because uh, the uh, they were like these cool guys from uh, Nepal. I learned uh, a lot of people that they hired on were like friends and relatives. So I got to learn a little bit about that culture. That was really cool. Uh, <laughs> one of the guys looked like Ray Romano, but like with, with a wicked sunburn. <laughs> and his accent was fun. I like to make fun of him a lot. Not make fun of him for his accent, but just like, I, well, you know what? Maybe I was making fun of him for his accent. Who knows? I was a real asshole. I'm still one now, but you know, then I was an outspoken asshole. Instead of just to you, my lovely listeners, I would never talk bad to you. No, you're important to me. Yes, you are. <laughs> uh, but uh, and then the other one looked like he belonged in Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. He was really cool. He was the one that was cheating on his wife with any woman that he could get his hands on. <laughs> and uh, the other one didn't really stand out too much, but those guys were really cool. I would definitely work there. Again, if it wasn't for the fact that I got fired. And then I think that was the last job before I moved out here. Uh, let me see. So then I worked at Sears. And the managers at Sears were pretty much non-existent. <laughs> we practically managed ourselves. So they're not even worth uh, much of a mention. After that, I worked at my local grocery store. And uh, that management team was, oh, oh my gosh. The actual biggest joke of a management team I have ever seen in my life. They, oh, especially the head guy. So do you guys remember that? Ep I know I've said this before. That episode of SpongeBob when they, when they, uh, when the Krusty Krab went corporate and they had that guy, you know, well, customer satisfaction is our number one concern. No, no, that guy was from Ben 10. Yeah, that that was a dude from Ben 10. It was like an amusement park or some shit like that. And he was like, customers, customer safety is our number one priority. It was like shit like that was all that that dude knew how to say. Fucking moron. But he dressed like that manager from... Well, I guess they both dressed up the same. All right, whatever, moving on. It's making me want to rinse my mouth out, asshole. So then we go from there to my local convenience store. And that was really cool. My first manager was cool. Uh, she let us do whatever we wanted. So that automatically made her cool. Uh, the only part that was annoying was it was like high school. 
Ugh, that was a big pain. And you know what I mean? Everybody talking about somebody. Everybody worried about what somebody else is well, what somebody else is doing. Can't stand them other people like that. But um, all in all, not too bad. But then my management team kind of shifted, and I had some really really funny managers. Uh, I had I had a manager that quit like right in the middle of the shift, so it was just the regular people there. That was interesting. Um, and then once the new management team took over, uh, let me tell you guys. That well, it was great and horrible at the same time. It's like it's like when you take um, when you when you drink like alcohol and games, and it'll be like increase your you know increase your stamina by this, but it decreases this by this. Or you know like some games, if you drink alcohol, it'll actually like you know fuck up your controls and simulate you being drunk. Uh, kind of like that. Okay, that's what it was like. Because on the one hand, the new main boss was like one of those like uh capuchin monkeys where she would just always be on your back just always looking over your shoulder always around you're just like oh god can you just go literally anywhere else besides here uh but then her assistant manager was this really really cool guy and me and him got along great and uh, I always told them, I said, hey, if they ever give you your own store, you know, you can, you should see where I am. I'll come work for you just because it's you, honestly. And uh, uh, how's he doing? I hope he's okay. Still there. It's almost like he's with me. So let me see. And then what was after that? I guess. And then after that was my current job. And uh, remember when I said that uh, the biggest joke of a management team that I had was at my grocery store. No, I'm kidding. It's at this place, but I'm not going to get into it. Okay. Uh, so uh, let's see. Is there anything else I want to say about terrible managers? I don't know. Like, is it really like if any of you are managers ever had been a manager or if you're good friends with somebody who is, uh, I'm curious to know, is there any particular reason why so many of them have to be such complete assholes? Is there any explanation to that whatsoever or that uh, that talk-down attitude that they have towards lower employees? Like, like I really felt bad for those people at that McDonald's because uh, I was just putting myself in that situation and I've been in that situation where you have managers who talk to you like that. And it's, oh, it is the absolute worst. But uh, you know what? We're going to move on from that. All right. Ugh. So a couple people have been writing to me and I've gotten some, uh, I've, I've, I've been told some things uh, uh, that have raised a couple of eyebrows, I suppose. So <clears throat> people have been telling me, you know, you've been doing a lot of talking about like feminists and such, and it just really seems like you really hate them. You know, I, I don't understand how, how, how you could hate a group that just wants to fight for equality. And uh, I'm going to pause those people who say that right there, okay? <clears throat> I don't hate... I don't hate feminists, okay? I really don't, all right? Um, I know a lot of feminists, or at least people who call themselves feminists, and um, 
I'm gonna tell you guys what my problem is, okay? And I'm gonna actually put uh, a few groups under the same branch, okay? I'm not a big fan of feminists. I'm not a big fan of uh, the Black Lives Matter people. Uh, I'm really not a big fan of a lot of, of the minority groups that are out there, okay? And it's not because I don't want equality. Because I do. I really do. However, the meaning of equality has been skewed by these minority groups. So what do I mean by that? What I mean is, have you ever noticed that on social media, a lot of the times, especially on Twitter, especially on Twitter, I actually specifically remember when I had mine, there was this one girl, one lady in particular who whenever a guy would like air a grievance okay and it, it it really could have been anything like um let's see he could say wow my girlfriend just uh, cheated on me with my best friend and they took my clothes or whatever okay and uh she chime in <laughs> Uh, and she would chime in with like, Ooh, oh, boo-hoo, buttercup. You know, you know, women have their um, uh, consent taken from them all the time. I think you'll be okay. Like just, just shit like that. Where like, it seems that no matter what any guy would say, that her her comeback would always say, be like, well, women have it worse. And and she called herself a feminist. Now, I'm not going to say that they're all like that, because they're not. However, there are a lot that have that same sort of mentality. I just saw somewhere else, uh, this guy said pretty much that he has noticed that there have been a majority of uh women speaking out about um these mental oops sorry guys about uh mental health disorders lately and that even though the specific mental uh i don't know why i'm beating around the bush i'm talking about adhd okay so he said that adhd has been like diagnosed more with boys and men and yet a lot of people that you see talking about it have been women and that's really the only mention that he did with it. He said, I'm not saying, you know, that it's women's fault. I'm just not sure what to do with that information. And a lot of people in the comments were immediately saying, well, it's not women's fault that that men don't want to speak up about their uh, mental health. Um, and... Sorry, I'm trying to I'm trying to remember this on the fly, <laughs> and uh, that the reason why men feel uncomfortable with it is because of the society that men built, where they've told other men that those that mental health is not so much a uh, a you know thing for us to talk about. Okay, does that make sense? What I'm saying. Whereas with women, 
that you know it was just as common with women with women as it was with men but with men it was diagnosed as adhd but when it was women it would be things like oh she's just you know free-spirited or she's just temperamental kind of like how they describe horses okay so i don't disagree with i guess that sentiment but um Damn, God, I, I, y- y'all really let me go off of the rails with that. Because I was talking about why, I was talking about uh, equality being skewed and all of this such. Okay, so I, I'm going to make it really simple. Here's my issue with those groups, my issues with those groups. Ouch. Bang my damn hand on the table. One, these groups act in a perpetual state of victimhood, Okay as if these different groups are like living underground trying to claw their ways to the surface and it just is absolutely impossible for us to do and there have been people really from within each group prominent figures that would fit right in who have spoken out against it uh i remember that morgan freeman caught some heat because he essentially said that the ceiling for black people really doesn't exist and I quote, that bus runs every day, end quote, all right? And a lot of people didn't like that, okay, because they said that it, like, invalidated the struggles that a lot of minorities face, which I suppose I can understand that. And pretty much, you know, you speak from a place of privilege to be able to say that. And I don't know. Where I lived, there, everywhere that I've lived, there have been buses that have ran, Granted, back in the day, you could just show up at a job and say, I want a job, and it would be a lot easier. Today, you got to do it all online. So, you know, if you're really disadvantaged and you don't have access, you know, to things like that, then yeah, it would be a lot harder. So his statement hasn't aged very well. However, at the time that he said it, I believe that it was pretty, um, I don't know, I felt that it was pretty legitimate. Uh, which is like one of the things, you know, I said that they live in a state of perpetual victimhood. They also always make excuses of why it's impossible for those minority groups to burst through those ceilings. And in doing that, I feel like they have then opened themselves up to be seen as weaker. Okay, I'm going to explain that better in a little bit. All right. So Judge Judy also caught some heat because they asked her, uh, there was a woman talking to her and she said something along like, she started it with, you know, I believe that you and I are both feminists. And Judge Judy said, I'm going to pause you right there. I, I don't like be uh, belonging in a group because once you belong in a group, you're no longer, so, you know, pretty much like you lose yourself in a group. And she said, you know, I never thought of myself as a woman judge. I thought of myself as a judge who happens to be a woman, okay? And that made a a lot of sense to me. And I kind of felt the same way. I may have told you guys about this before, but I was in a group called Black Men. No, I'm sorry. It was something adventures of a black nerd group, okay? It, It was literally a group for black nerds, okay? And I thought that would be interesting. Uh, I only know a handful of black nerds. I thought that I would find some interesting stuff in there. And I remember that somebody shared an article and it said, black doctor performs like first successful 
hearing transplant or something like that, right? And it was an extraordinary feat. And I want to give all the props to that doctor. I probably should look up that article to give him the credit that he deserved. And everybody was, you know, talking about how good of an accomplishment it is for Blacks. And I asked the question, I said, can I ask why we are putting more focus on the fact that he is Black rather than the fact that he is a surgeon, that he saved this person's life? Like, I just feel like that should have been the first thing that was in this, you know, uh, article. I, you know, uh, first first su- successful eardrum transplant, uh, first successful ear transplant by Dr. This, This, This. You know, I'm not a headline writer, okay? God, I can't be expected to do everything, okay, people? Gosh, you expect too much out of me. <laughs> um, but I just felt like maybe him being a doctor, maybe him performing that successful surgery just should have been the first thing that was in the article. And that's what I asked. And they booted me out of that group because I was apparently anti-Black. I don't know. I don't get it. I, I think it's just as uh, exclusionary to to group me first off of something as I don't even know the right word for it. Like I can't control my color, so I don't feel like that in itself is an accomplishment. Does that make any sense? Like I remember back when I was applying at, at colleges, and I remember my mom being like, "Okay, so then there's this NAACP uh, scholarship that they'll give you." And I and and I remember asking her, "Why is the NCAA giving me a scholarship?" And she said, "Cause you're black," <laughs> and that's all she said. And even then, you know, when I was so much younger, even then I thought, "Huh, that's kind of weird that they're willing to give me money just because I'm black. Like they don't even know who I am, and they're just gonna give me money off of that." Like even that didn't make sense to me. But, uh. I know I said I was going to go back to uh, the perpetual victimhood and you losing yourself. So, uh, and I'm kind of lost on that. So we're just going to keep going forward. This train don't go backwards, people, okay? So all in all, what I'm saying is I really feel like feminism to women and the Black Lives Matter movement to Black people kind of keeps them in this box of, oh, don't worry. Don't worry. It's the system. The system is the reason uh, why you are where you are. And it's the system's fault that, you know, you can't do A, B, and C, X, Y, and Z, but it's okay. We're going to fight for you. I personally would like to think that I am where I am because of the choices that I made. And I am in control of my life for the most part, okay, sometimes shit happens. And I'm not going to sit here and say that no one has ever been a victim of the system because believe me, uh, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find people, uh, to find anyone who has not in one way or another been a victim of the system. I agree that we need, that we need change, but I don't like being infantilized. And that's what I feel like those movements do, okay? I've known plenty 
of black men that have made great things with their lives, okay? But I don't think that they did those things because they were black. I think that they did those things because of their drive, of their own ambitions. But to just say, well, none of that matters because the system is completely against you and you can't do it, kind of just keeps you in that same, you know, loop of perpetual victimhood, okay? I know, I know, I know. I'm going really, really deep in the hole with this, okay? Bear with me. Bear with me. All right? So, that's one thing that I don't really like about them, is I just feel like they keep our groups in that state, okay? But another thing that I don't like about it, and I know I mentioned it earlier when I talked about um, equality, is that these groups claim that they are doing what they are doing for equality, that they are fighting for equality. However, I don't believe that that's what they are doing, okay? Um, What I have noticed is that there is like a new meaning of equality that these people have come up with, just like how, you know, uh, uh, the meaning of racism has changed, okay? Racism used to you know, mean, oh, those, those, those stupid Negroes over there, you know, that was a racist. But these days, anybody who says anything about, you know, anything against anybody colored is automatically uh, uh, branded as a racist, okay? So I'm going to give you guys a definition, all right? The definition of equality, okay, is the state of being equal, especially in status, rights, and opportunities, okay? What I have noticed and I think for right now, I'm going to specifically talk about feminism, is that that is not, they. I don't feel that the modern feminist wants equality. I think the modern feminist wants supremacy, okay? And here's the thing. I want to make this very, very clear, okay? When it comes to feminists and it comes to Black Lives Matter, because I feel like they want the same thing, that those people and those who believe in that, and those Blacks, don't want actual equality, they want supremacy, okay? Now, again, I'm going to be completely clear with you. I can understand that. I can understand why you would want that supremacy. It's been, you know, 400 years of you guys, of of white men being in charge. We We should have another, we should have 400 years of black women, okay, in charge, all right? I can I understand that, and I actually can, to an extent, agree to it, okay? But when you bring up that notion to, to those people, they want to brand you, they, they, they don't admit, they don't admit to it. They deny it, and they say, no, I don't want supremacy, I want equality. Well, what you're asking for, you know, like, okay, let me give you guys, let me give you guys some um, examples, okay? Chris Rock had a bit about how punching up is okay, but punching down is not, okay? So, like, black people can make fun of white people, but white people can't make fun of black people, all right? So, you know, by punching up, it's essentially minorities against majority groups, okay? So, really, it's anybody who is um, white or male, okay, it's essentially at the top, and then you'd have, like, black women at the bottom, 
Okay, this is not my own interpretation. This is the hierarchy that these groups have established really for themselves, okay? So, or like, you know, short people can make fun of tall people. Tall people can't make fun of short people. Skinny people can't make fun of fat people, but fat people can make fun of skinny people, okay? Do you guys get it? Because I feel like you did after the first one, but I felt the need to beat it into you, okay? Those groups believe that those things are okay, that it's okay for, like, black people to make fun of white people because white people have done so many terrible things to black people. And, again, okay, sure, but don't call it equality, okay? And that really, at its core, is my issue. I have asked feminist after feminist of, so can you just admit it, that you're not actually, that feminism is not about equality, that it is about female supremacy, at least the modern feminist, not necessarily the movement, but how it's interpreted, kind of like religion, how we talked about the week before. Like, I don't believe that Christianity within itself is necessarily evil. I think its idea is good. It's just how people practice it. Kind of that same thing. And they say that it's okay for them to do that because of, you know, their past trauma, their experiences, mainly of women who are long dead because the ones who have really had it bad are no longer alive. The believe me, women, women today, and, and and this is my opinion. Feel free to argue with me, okay? Women today in in twenty twenty one have it better than women did in nineteen twenty one. Okay, I'm not saying that we're perfect. We are by no means perfect, but I think that if the women from nineteen twenty one could hear the women complaining today about stuff, they would probably tell them to shut up. Okay. That's just my opinion, all right? But it's just that 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 false advertising of this is equality. We're fighting for equality. No, you're not fighting for equality. Because, see, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Equality is about harmony, and it's about balance, okay? That is the thing, okay? So there's this great picture of an apple tree and it's bent towards one kid and the other kid is have on the other side of the tree is having a hard time getting to those apples. So I saw this picture and I shared it uh, in my in my group and a lot of people were saying, well, then the kid on the other side can just move his ladder to the other side. It's not that hard. And that doesn't solve the issue. Okay. The issue, because then you still have the problem of the other side of that trees is apples needing to be picked. Okay. Are you guys following me so far? All right. Equality would be you give the minorities a step up to be on the same footing as the majority, okay? Because again, that is what equality means. I mean, it literally has equal in it, people. This isn't rocket science. It's really not, okay? So in order for you to be equal, all right, you can't say, all right, now for the sake of equality, 
black people can continue to make jokes about white people as we have been. But now white people are not allowed to make jokes about black people. Okay, it's just an example, guys. All right. Stay with me, I said. All right. Then that's not equality. That's supremacy. Because then you're really doing the same thing just in reverse. And I don't think it was equal the first time around. So it's not going to be equal the second time around. Okay. Do you guys get what I'm saying? All right. I know you guys are looking at the clock going, oh my God, how much longer is he going to talk? Well, you know what? I figured I would give you guys a little bit extra since this is the season finale. Okay. Gosh, you should be thanking me. I'm so kind and generous. All right. So really what I'm saying at the end of the day is I just want these groups to admit that they're fucking hypocrites. Okay. They're hypocrites because that that's really what they are. All right. Now I am an African-American male. Okay. And I am all for, I am all for the liberation of black people from under the thumb of white supremacy. Okay, we've had it far too long. It's been an issue for far too long. It's been in power for far too long. Okay, but the way to it is not to simply switch the power dynamic. You have to change, completely change the power dynamic. You know that there were people, there was that story. And again, I didn't look this up. And it's, I want to be disrespectful to the people, but there was that story of the black man who killed that like little white boy, like shot him like right in the face. And there were people in the comments that said like taking, taking out, um, uh, what did they say? Ending, ending white privilege, one bullet at a time, like saying horrible, horrible things. And I'm like, is this what equality is? Is 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 that what you guys are really in support for? And I'm not saying that the group itself is in support of that, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm once again saying, I want to make sure that I'm very clear on this, okay? Feminism, I don't have a problem with. Black Lives Matter, I don't have a problem with. I think that they're great organizations that in their hearts, want to do good. But I think that the way that a lot of people within those groups represented casts a very negative light on the group. Okay? That is what I am saying. And, I'm, and, and you know, if they could just admit, hey, we're not doing this perfect. We've made our mistakes and we, we really want to work with people to make this better, then that would be fantastic. Because believe me, Believe me, with as many people as there are that like hate feminists, there are people who do understand that there needs to be a change. Okay? And I know sometimes I'm saying Black Lives Matter, sometimes I'm saying feminism. Like I said, people, I'm talking about them both. I just use them interchangeably. Okay? Don't want to confuse anybody. Ugh. So yeah, that that those are really my two big issues. Uh, the the perpetual victimhood and the uh, and the hypocrisy. I don't know. Like I just feel like I I myself have a belief. Like I said earlier, that 
I make my own decisions. I'm where I am because of where I chose to be. Like, I don't live in a great house. I don't have a great job. I don't drive a fancy car. Uh, and, you know, I didn't do great when I went to college. But that was because I was lazy and I did not want to. Well, I mean, really, it was because I was uh, I had undealt with depression that I couldn't even recognize, much less, you know, try to put behind me. But I digress. I still made my choices to do it. It wasn't because white people told me I couldn't go to college. And it wasn't, you know, it, it, it wasn't because of anything like that. It was because of my choices. But when you just tell people, oh, it's not your fault, it's the system's fault, and you say that to everyone and it applies to everyone, it just doesn't make sense to me. I'll say it again. There are plenty of people who have fallen through the cracks in the system. There are plenty of people who have been victims of the system. Hell, look at Billie Holiday. But to just give that blanket to everyone it sets a dangerous precedent. And it's the same thing with women. To tell them that they can't go anywhere because this because they live in a man's world, that doesn't do anything. And there's plenty of strong women, even back in those times, like back in 1921, who were still doing great things with, them, with themselves and were still breaking through barriers. So at the end of the day, people, what I am saying is, for the most part, the only thing stopping stopping you, really stopping you, is yourself, okay? I believe in you. You can do it, all right? You're strong. We are all strong people. We can do it. Nobody can hold us down unless we let them hold us down, okay? Except crippling depression, okay? That will, oh my gosh, that will hold you down. Like spiritual pressure and bleach, okay? Um, oh, oh goodness. Oh, that was a big one. That was a big one. All right. So I don't know. I I, I just kind of wanted to clear that up. Okay. And hell, I've even had some conversations with some really great, with some really great feminists who understand that men have problems too. We don't have the same problems. I, I will give you that. We do not have the same problems, but we do have our problems also. Believe me when I say, being a man is not a cakewalk. I'm not riding unicorns down a Skittles rainbow, okay? That, I'm not. <laughs> All right. I'm sitting in my shitty apartment with my shitty thin walls that are not insulated, which is why you guys hear every fucking noise that is in here. And uh, I got to go to work so I can afford to get insulation for my room, okay? So that way I can better deliver the goods to the people, all right? So I'm just saying, all right? Let's all calm down. And then one more thing that I wanted to ramble to you guys about before I get out of here is uh, so... I also got a couple of messages saying, hey, you talked about, um, you were talking about obese animals and obese kids, but you kind of didn't talk about kids. You kind of focused on the animals. Uh, that's very simple, uh, my dear listeners. That's because I like animals more than I like kids. All right? Fuck them kids. Okay? No, 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 no. I'm kidding. I actually love children. I really do. I can't wait to have uh, kids of my own. Uh, really, I didn't talk about it much because there's really not 
much to say. Just put your kid on the damn treadmill. But um, it was obese animals, but it was also about uh, tattooing them, which is just absolutely horrible. I don't see people going and tattooing their kids, which really begs the question of you don't see people tattooing their ki- uh, their kids, so why the hell would they tattoo their pets? I don't know. I, I think that's just love going a little too far. But, um, yeah, there's really not much to say about that. I also got a message saying, um, hey, you didn't um, give us another one. And to that, I say, you know what? You're right. So I have come up with another conversation that I don't think we're ready to have. All right. So all the people who don't like nothing controversial, okay, Oh, really? You don't consider uh, what you said about uh, feminism and Black Lives Matter to be controversial? Eh, I mean, yeah. But, like, it's not that bad. Right? I don't think so. So, okay. In this one, I had to test out on a couple of people first because I really wasn't sure how it was going to go. And they all gave me the same reaction, which tells me that it was a good caution. Okay? (sighs) All right, guys. Are we ready to have the conversation that if it wasn't for the patriarchy and men forcing women to essentially stay in the uh, stay home and cook and clean and raise children and all that, that we wouldn't have nearly as many successful women on the Food Network? And really think about it. Like not even just the Food Network, but just as many famous women chefs like, think about it. Nothing. No, there's nothing like being forced to stay in the kitchen all day with an apron and an and a oven mitt to really get you to develop those skills. And if you make something that your guy, you know, that wasn't good, you know, you got a couple of lumps over the head. Okay. Believe. Oh, oh I know. 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 Okay. I'm not saying that it was a good thing. Okay. I'm not saying that it was right. And I'm not saying that I believe that women should be in the kitchen and staying home. I think that's great that women want to go and get careers. There's a lot of things that they're good at that men generally aren't. So I think it's great to have diversity. I'm just saying, even from tragedy, there, 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 there can be a little, you know, shimmer of light. Okay? I'm just saying no, we're not ready to have that conversation. All right, guys, that's fine. But uh, I think that's just about going to do it for the last episode of season one of the podcast in my head. Uh, I will be taking a month break, uh, but don't worry, I will still be casually recording. So I'm probably going to have some stuff for you guys right when I come back. Uh, not promising that I'll do anything special because, quite honestly, I'll probably forget. So I hope you guys enjoy the next month. Uh, I've been getting a lot of really interesting uh, messages in the box. I want to wait until I have a decent collection of them, and I'm thinking about doing like a viewer episode where I just read some of the stuff that you guys send to me. So if you guys have pretty much anything that you find interesting, because here on the podcast in my head, uh, we talk about pretty much anything and everything. So if you guys have something that you're really interested in and you think I might be interested in it, you know, hey, send me like an article, send me, you know, 
send me something. Send me the, a link to a YouTube video, okay? But I promise if any of you guys send me any spam, I will never allow viewer mail again. This is your only warning, okay? All right. I'll see you guys in a month. Oh, wait. No, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. Is that it? Is that it? Yes. All right, guys. Y'all have a good one. I'm out.